Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 263. If you're somebody who is stuck, overwhelmed, or have been really just trapped with fear, it's a book that's going to, I think, give you the courage to get after the thing in life that you're really wanting. Attention, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, Gift Biz Gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and as always, I'm so happy that we're together again here today. How are you doing? We're in week, oh, I don't even know anymore, of being at home and managing through this uncertain time. I want you to know I'm thinking about you. Whatever your circumstances and challenges are today, you have my heart and my support. I keep trying to think of other ways to help and connect with you. And as you know, I offered up my book, Maker to Master, for free on this podcast all this month. You can go back and find all 12 episodes right here. I'm also going live in my private Facebook group, Gift Biz Breeze, at 11 a.m. Central, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. If you're not in the Breeze yet, come join us there. You'll hear more about the group at the end of the show, but you can also go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash giftbizbreeze or just search Facebook for giftbizbreeze. The Breezers are an amazing and supportive group of women, highly interactive and an uplifting place to be for sure, especially now. And if you're already part of the group, thank you because you are one of the women who has made it truly amazing. Today, we're going to hear from Jennifer Allwood. Her new book was released a short time ago and couldn't be more timely. Fear is not the boss of you. When she reached out about being on the show, I rearranged my lineup to include her as soon as I could. Right now, I know a lot of you are experiencing fear. That's expected and completely understandable. But the truth is, fear plays a role in our lives even when we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Jennifer shares with us why this is, how to work through fear, and in the end, not let it prevent you from living a life that, in your heart, you truly want to live. Here's my interview with Jennifer. Today, I am so excited to reintroduce you to Jennifer Allwood. Jennifer is the passionate cheerleader of all women who adds biblical truth to the modern day big dream mantra. She's the author of Fear is Not the Boss of You, How to Get Out of Your Head and Live the Life You Were Made For. And she's also the host of The Jennifer Allwood Show. Her no-nonsense approach to doing things you're scared to do and saying yes to God is helping women everywhere build the life and the business of their dreams. When she's not coaching, she's living the dream with Mr. Magic, who's her husband, Jason, and their four wild kiddos, Noah, Easton, Ava Grace, and their new bonus kiddo, Ariana. Jennifer, welcome back to the show. Hi, Sue. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I am thrilled that you're here. And just to brief our listeners, in case we have some new timers here, Jennifer and I spoke back last June, episode 217. So if you want to hear more about Jennifer, her business, her story, all of that, you can go back and reference that episode. But for now, we're going to move forward and all the new things that have happened since then. 
Yes, yes, yes. A lot of new things. Well, start telling me the book. Like, how did that all happen? Well, I've known for a long time that I wanted to write a book. Even when I was a little girl, I can remember wanting to write a children's book. I wanted to be a children's author when I was older. I just loved to read. And then for a good decade, we were raising small babies. We had three kids in under six years. And so kind of the reading went out the door for a while. But in recent years, the kids have all grown up a little bit. Everybody's wiping their own bottoms, that sort of thing. (laughs) And so about four years ago, I really decided that I was ready to write a book. And I wanted to take all of my blog posts. I've been doing DIY painting and some home decorating and projects around my house for years and years on my blog, The Magic Brush, back then. And so I wanted to just take all those blog posts. And someone told me, you could just wrap those all up into a book like just copy and paste. So I literally spent like months and months and months copying and pasting my entire blog into like a word format. And then I sat Sue and I just like waited, waited. And I thought, well, surely somebody's going to reach out to me and they're going to be like, Hey, we want to publish this book. But it's still just in word format on your laptop. But we heard about it through the grapevine somehow. And of course that never happened. But I did get introduced to a book agent about two years ago. And her and I had some long conversations about my desire to write a book. And she said, so do you still want to write a DIY book? And I said, I actually don't like, I don't. God had really pivoted me out of the painting and the DIY industry into coaching women in the online space. And so that's no longer even a topic I wanted a book on. And so then we really had to start kind of fleshing out. Well, okay, so what is a book you'd want to write? What do you feel like is a book that you'd be happy to 10 years down the road have put that out into the world? And so we really worked on fleshing that out and trying to figure out kind of what I thought my gift to the world could be or how I could help the most women. And so we talked about writing a business book and I just like, I knew it wasn't a business book. And so what it basically boiled down to is when I'm helping women one-on-one or when I'm coaching them in business, what I feel like I can do best is encourage a woman to do things in spite of her fear, to see things from a different angle so that she realizes that, look, we've all got things that we're scared of doing, but there's also things that you really need to do here in this one lifetime that you're given. And so that is what I wrote the book on. Such a big topic, though. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. And we talk about this often in my coaching, too, is that it's the fear of doing and not taking action. And when you don't take action, nothing ever happens, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you, and I want to get into some of the topics and the contents of the book. And by the way, it's fabulous. Thank you. I already know that you are fulfilling your hope for this book of helping a lot of women. That's like already a given, even though I know that it's at the time that we're talking, it's just now recently out in the world, I believe. Yeah, but we did hit number one bestseller on Amazon yesterday. Amen. Congratulations. Yeah. Literally, though, I mean, it's the worst possible time to launch a book simply because the whole world is really distracted right now with what's going on in the world with coronavirus and things. But like I was telling my dad yesterday, like I'm so grateful that the book is a relevant topic to today. I mean, because we have more fear, I think, going on in the world right now than any other time. So I'm at least glad that the topic is very relevant for every woman today. Yeah, it definitely is. And people have a lot of time to read. So I'm glad they're looking. I'm glad they're getting it because I think it's going to help even more so, I think, even moving on After we've conquered this, we're back in whatever our new normal is going to be. I think that the book is going to do so much for so many people. I want to go back to my question real quick. Like, how did you start diving into the topic of fear? That even seems fearful (laughs) is trying to tackle this topic. Well, so I think we kind of started with the end in mind. So what do you want a reader to walk away from the book with? And for me, I really wanted a woman to walk away and go, okay, I'm not alone. 
I see now that every single woman fights with these same exact emotions, but there are still things on the side of heaven that I need to do and should do to use the gifts that I've been given to serve my family and my community as well. And so, okay, what do I need to do now? I wanted every woman when she was done to like almost take a deep breath and go, okay, all right, so let's go. So we started with kind of that in mind. And then I thought of all the different things that I feel like are relevant to the topic of fear and the majority of the women that I deal with. Things like imposter syndrome and things like feeling not good enough and things like procrastination. Since I coach so many women who are business owners, like those topics come up a lot. But I kept wanting to like dig deeper and like, okay, so why does a woman procrastinate? Why does a woman feel imposter syndrome? Why does she self-sabotage? Like take that even a step deeper. And so we basically broke the book into several different section. So like the first section is basically asking, okay, are you a woman who is stuck, overwhelmed, or scared? And if so, part two is that, okay, so how did you actually get there? Because sometimes I think if we can figure out how we got wherever we are, it gives us clues as to how to get out of there. So I think that there's a chapter on like watching other people win on social media. Sometimes we get really stuck and overwhelmed and scared to try new things because we're watching all these other people, you know, I'm using air quotes like crazy right now. So like be successful in the online space. And I love the internet. This is how I make all of my money. This is how my family, we run our business, but the internet, it's both a gift. And it's also something that just can hurt so badly in terms of following our dreams. So I talk about that. I talk about how if you're hanging out with a lot of people who are stuck, like that's going to keep you stuck. I talk sometimes about how generationally we're often handed things from our parents. We stay stuck because that's kind of how we were raised and we were raised around stuck people. And a lot of times those people, although precious, they want to keep us stuck. So I go through this whole like section on how you got to where you are and then really determining in part three, like, are you actually ready to change? Because I do know that there's a cost, there's a price to be paid for breaking generational curses. There's a price to be paid for being first in your family to do something. There's a price to be paid for getting out of your comfort zone. There's a price that has to be paid. And so not every woman is ready to do the dreams that are in her heart to make changes in her life. So we talk about that. And I really give women like some tactical examples. A lot of the women that I serve suit their mothers. I love moms so much. And I have three biological children. We're in the process of adopting our fourth kiddo. And I find that so often moms will put themselves last on the list. They'll serve everybody else in the house and their community and their family first and themselves last. And so I talk in the book about how if you can't serve yourself by way of doing the thing that you feel like you're supposed to be doing or getting unstuck or doing the thing you're scared to do, could you do it for other people? Could you do it for your kiddos because they're watching? Could you do it for your community because they're watching? Could you do it for God if you're a woman of faith? So we talk about that. And then the last section is just like, hey, I just want you to know that basically when you decide that you're going to do the thing that you're scared to do, you're going to get unstuck. Like this is pretty much what you can expect to happen. Like crap's probably going to hit the fan. And I like to warn women of that because I think so often they'll start like making moves and they'll they'll start their business or they'll finally fill out the paperwork to, to buy a new house or they'll shift jobs and then they'll kind of be hit with resistance right off the bat and they'll think that they've made a wrong decision. That's definitely not the case. And so we broke out the book into those like five different sections. And I think it's really helpful for women to like have it broken out that way so they can kind of see where they fit, where they are and where they're going from here. 
I absolutely agree with you. And I think one of the things that we all are driven to, and even though I hear it over and over again, even for myself, I feel this way, is I always feel like when I reach my next goal, whatever that is, whether it's revenue, whether it's followers, whether it's students, whatever, then like all the fear goes away, right? Like You're not, the imposter syndrome goes away. You're not anxious anymore. Things are just smooth sailing. Yeah, it's it. Oh my Never. It never, it never happens, right? Never. Yes. <laughs> and so I talk in the book about that too, about how there's so many people that we think are like making it, air quotes, they're successful. And they struggle with the same thoughts and the same fears and the same everything that we do. There's a saying by Joyce Meyer, she says, new level, new devil. And so I think that we think too, that once I get to this size, once I get to this place in life or this part of my business, that I'll have a control on this, but literally every time you kind of level up, whether it's in business or life or, or however, there's always like new things coming at you and new things that make you wonder if you're good enough, if you can actually do this. And so I do think that it's such an illusion for us to think that we're ever going to have like smooth sailing. <laughs> I wish that, that was the case, but it's just not, it's just not. I know. So what do you do? Do you just accept that that's the way it is and just adjust to the fact that everyone's the same way and you just, I don't know who said it, but get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I was thinking the other day about how, do you ever, like right now we're in the middle of being in a stay at home order here in Kansas City. We're on week four, Sue, and apparently I eat my feelings, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. So, you know, I'm eating all my feelings right now, but I was telling somebody the other day, like, I can look back on pictures of myself like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I can remember the girl in high school, myself in high school, and remember thinking, gosh, I thought I was frumpy, fluffy. I thought I was chunky then. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I even thinking? And I think sometimes that's how we are in life in general. Like now I can look back at things that I worried about and freaked out over a decade ago and things that kept me stuck. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what was I even thinking? I was being so ridiculous. Making that hard phone call is why was I so intimidated by that? Writing that really hard email, signing up for that new class. Like, why did I make that into such a big deal? Why was that so hard for me? And so I think we're constantly in this like mode of growing and God's growing us and we're being stretched and we're being developed and grown into the person that we're supposed to be. And so I don't know that we ever finally arrive and make it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so big in the moment that you're doing these things. But like you said, when you look back, it's just like this little speck of time and really whatever happens, like let's say the worst thing that you could think of happens really doesn't mean that much in the long term when you're looking a few years out. Yeah. Well, I had a friend make a really great point to me yesterday. I'm in a mastermind with her for business and she's been reading my book and she said, Jennifer, it's just like, it's really good. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much, Susan. She's like, no, I mean like, it's really good. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. Know, I'm saying thank you so much. She goes, here's what she said she couldn't get over. She goes, I'm reading your book and I'm thinking this had to be so hard. Like you worked for a year to lay this out and I went through four different copies and I got down to six days before the deadline for the book and I threw away the third copy and started the book over because I didn't like it and I'm an Enneagram three and sometimes we do crazy things like that. And so she's like, I can't imagine how much work that was and how hard that was to get it out into the world and launching it like you are. And yet the last time I was with you in Canada, because we were in Canada together for our mastermind, a bunch of girls wanted to go to a hip hop dance class. And back in high school, I used to do dancing like on the drill team and stuff. I loved it. I did a ton of dancing like in my college years. And then I got to this point where I like, I still want to dance, but I feel like middle-aged and I feel like I don't move the way I used to. And I look like a 48 year old woman instead of a teenager. And so I've gotten like so far away from dancing that when a bunch of girls in my mastermind wanted to go to a hip hop dance class, I literally freaked out. 
And they were like, Jen, come on. And I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I literally can't dance in front of a room of people. And so Susan was so precious. She's like, help me understand how you can write a book and put it out into the world. And yet you could not get like, you freaked out over a dance class. And isn't it funny, like the things that terrify us and the things that we allow to have control. And I eventually did go to the hip hop dance class with them in the springtime. But gosh, it just, it's so interesting to me how all of us have things that we're scared of and that we're scared to do. And they kind of rear their heads at the oddest moments. It's true. Why does that happen? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't either. either. But I think, you know, if there was only a way that we could, when we're in that moment, remember, okay, two months from now, this isn't going to matter. Or everybody else in that hip hop class is going to be feeling the same way. Or won't it be great when I'm doing videos on TikTok? Jennifer. (laughs) My my 12-year-old daughter, she keeps asking me to TikTok with her. I think one of these days I'm going to have to. I've done a couple with her, but we haven't like published them or she's put them on her account instead of mine. But anyway, yeah, I'm like, gosh, I'm probably going to. It's so funny. Like God's had me in this It's been eight years now that I keep having different things put in front of me that I want to do, but that I'm scared to do. And then I have to muster up the courage to do. And courage, by the way, is different than confidence. I have that whole conversation in the book because we're never confident in the beginning. We can't be confident about something we've never done before. And so like right now, it's so funny, the hip hop dance thing and the TikTok, that is totally like something that I keep looking at thinking, why am I so nervous about doing this? It's dumb. It's dancing. So it's dancing. I know, but you feel vulnerable, for sure. Vulnerable for 100%. Yeah, and if you in the past, because like you, I was in cheerleading and dance and gymnastics and all of that, I would no sooner do some of those moves now. (laughs) Not a chance. Right. But I want to get back to this point because I want everyone, first of all, to really be listening to what Jennifer is saying and get the book because it's really going to help you. But I also want them to take away something that we're talking about right here. And we've already given people some good things to think about. But one of the things you talked about, and I'm going to relate this to your hip hop, is you're talking about being confident or having courage. And you talk in the book about sometimes the lack of confidence is really the lack of experience, because when you have the experience, you'll feel more confident. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's 100%. And I relate it to like when each of our kiddos learned how to walk. Like, I couldn't expect them to be confident about walking when they started to walk. Like, how would they ever feel confident about something that they have never done before? Right. And I think about how, like, our son's getting ready to go to college or how our daughter that we're adopting, you know, when she had her first day of kindergarten this year, and she was so nervous. And, like, there's no way I could look at her and expect her to be confident. She'd never been to kindergarten. This is all new. And so I think that so many women are waiting to do things until they feel confident. But the truth is they need courage and confidence may or may not come afterwards. And I talk a lot. I have a whole chapter in the book where I talk about how God used a triathlon for my 40th birthday to kind of demonstrate this to me over and over. I've done 10 triathlons in the last eight years, and I've had a panic attack in the water on every single triathlon because I had to learn how to swim as an adult. As a 39-year-old woman, I started taking swim lessons. I had never put my head underwater on purpose. And so I'm still not a confident swimmer, but I am confident that I'm not going to die. And the truth is, I just keep being courageous and just keep signing up for another triathlon, signing up for another triathlon. And so there's such a huge difference between courage and confidence. And it saddens me when I see confidence being sold to people because you can't buy it. Like you can't manifest it. You can't buy it. You can't pray it into existence. Confidence only comes from doing things that you're scared to do and realizing, oh my gosh, it did not kill me. Proving to yourself that you can do it. 
Exactly. You need that evidence to yourself that you can do hard things and still make it. And that's how you will eventually, perhaps, maybe walk around a little more confidently, but not all the time. I think confidence is such a weird thing. And I see it being marketed and sold and packaged up and put in books and courses and classes. And the bottom line is you've just got to do the thing over and over without confidence in the beginning. You just need courage and hopefully confidence will come. We're going to continue talking about confidence and doing the things that you're scared to do right after a quick word from our sponsor. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or find packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. Part of the conversation about confidence right now is going live on, call it, Instagram, Facebook, you know, wherever, (laughs) you know. It's like the Mel Robbins, five, four, three, two, one, push the start button, just start talking, right? Yeah. Well, and right now, I mean, and you know, this is what I actually coach women in is like how to build a business in the online space using social media. And I was just telling someone else this morning, right now, where we're in the middle of the world looking a little different, a lot different than it did a month ago, people are craving live interaction so much. And then we can't meet face to face, but the best thing you can do is try to meet people in the online space with video in the Instagram stories or on Facebook lives, because we're craving like eye contact, we're craving being seen and seeing others. And so it's such a great time to be using live video. Absolutely agree with you. And you come as you are, you be who you are, you're not trying to replicate anybody else. But the point that we're talking about here is just have the courage to do it. And you said earlier, Jennifer, is like, think of the other person that you're helping. Don't put the eyes on yourself, put the eyes on your audience, that one person in the audience and who you're helping. Yes, exactly. 100%. When you quit thinking just only about yourself, it really puts things in a different perspective. And I think that when we're completely me focused, me focused, me focused, the confidence thing becomes a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. But when we are looking at everybody else, then we're able to more lean into our courage. Because I've got four kids in this house who are watching mom, they need mom to be courageous, because who's going to teach them that? Social media follow you half a million people watching me, I don't need to be confident, but I do need to be courageous and show up for them too. And so Yeah, I'm all about living with courage and confidence. It may or may not show up. You say something else in your book that I won't challenge you because I totally agree with, but I think that there will be people who will have to go back and read it again. And that is, you know, you talk about, and I see this also, is that people aren't, because I work with people to help them turn their hobby or their craft into a business. And then you're focusing specifically online, growing the business, like all of that. But I see resistance so much when people are saying, yeah, but my kids are still young yet. I'm not quite ready. And I kind of feel like that's just, okay, I'm going to dip my toe in, but I have a great excuse if I can't do it right now because my kids are still too young. So it's either the time or the attention. And we all know my kids are grown now, so I'm a little farther along with it than you are. But what you talk about is your children have to see that you care about other things in addition to them. It's not always about them. 
Yeah, it can't be. If your kids think that life completely revolves around them, that your life revolves all around them and serving them. I mean, imagine when they get out into the real world someday and the disservice you'd have just done them. And I try to really remind women, you were someone before you were someone's mom and before you were someone's wife. And yes, we are supposed to serve our families. And you know that I love the Lord with all my heart, Sue, and it is biblical to serve your family, to serve your spouse and all of that. And yet God has a call on your life too. And so sometimes that may look like, like I shudder to think that I, because I raised all three kids. I stayed home full time with them and started my business from home and was changing diapers and faxing over, you know, invoices at the same time. So I know all about raising my kids while I'm building a business. It pains me when I see women say that they can't and they blame it on the kids. And I so often wonder, is it really that you can't or is it just a way to self-protect? Is it a way for you to just keep putting off the thing that you really want to do? Because it's easier to say, I don't have the time or I can't make the time right now than to actually start doing it and see if it would actually work. Most of the time, it's a self-protection thing. And I really challenge women to think too, like, who is going to teach your kids what it looks like to be courageous and to live for something bigger than themselves? If all they see is you living for them, like you have to demonstrate for them. The schools teach our kids algebra and Spanish classes and go to church on the weekends and they're getting taught by the children's pastor there. And who's teaching our kids courage? That has to be us as parents. It has to be. Yeah. And to think for themselves, because there may be a time when you're not going to be there right the second a soccer game starts or, you know, whatever the activities are, but you're on your way. And there are times they have to think for themselves. I've got to get my uniform on right or whatever the issues are. You can't always necessarily be there. And you hear about the helicopter moms. The helicopter moms yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. to save the day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that served people well. No, we don't give our children enough credit. Yeah. We don't let them show yeah. themselves that they can do it. If my kids can figure out how to make videos on TikTok, they can sure figure out how to mop the floor. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and so did you always feel that way? Or did you have to come to this way of thinking as you started your business while you were home and your kids were home too? Well, I think that as I've grown as a business owner and grown as a thought leader, and I sit and think a lot about what I think. <laughs> and then I've noticed more too, just how other ways of thinking Like sometimes I think you can kind of figure out what you're calling maybe by also figuring out the things that really like cause you like so much irritation and you're like, oh my gosh, that just makes me so mad when I see people doing X, Y, Z. So I think I'm just really trying to lean more into that. I always knew like that I wanted to be home full time with my kids, but I had started my painting business right before we got pregnant with our oldest son, Noah. And so then we were like making money and I, and the business was doing well. And I'm like, well, I don't want to just close it down. Like, how can I figure it out? And um, how can I figure out a way where I can still make this income, but still be able to be home full time with Noah? You know, I kept having more kids right in a row after that. And so I think that I've always been somebody who just, I'm scrappy enough to try to figure it out. Tips for anyone. We're talking about the confidence and the courage and that you just have to get started. Any tips for people who are listening here are right at the starting line of something and they just can't do it. They can't step over and get going. Sure. So I talk in the book about algebra. (laughs) I talk about how often when I feel like I need to do something that's big, hard and scary. And it doesn't mean if that that could be launching a book, that could be a hip hop class, right? Like what's big to me may not be big to you and vice versa. And so when I'm thinking, okay, gosh, there's something I want to do or I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm scared to do it. 
You have to figure out what is your own personal algebra problem. And I walk this through, I can't remember which chapter it is, but I walk it through in one of the chapters and here's not the boss of you. So for me, basically my algebra problem is this. I have to figure out what is on the other side of that greater than sign that we used to you know, do back in sixth grade algebra, like four is greater than two, 100 is greater than 90. And so for me, what is greater than fear? So you have to figure out the things in your life that are more important than your feelings of fear. So for me, number one is God. So if I feel like God's elbowing me to do something, like my answer needs to be yes, even though I'm scared. Number two, it's my family. I have a husband and children who need for mom to really show up and because they're watching. And more with our kids is caught than taught. So I can be teaching my kids and talking to them all day long about courage and being brave and going out for the soccer team and try out for the play or whatever. But if they don't see mom like demonstrating that in real life, like then it's just all hypocrisy and words. And the last thing is showing up for our community. So I think we all have people that are watching, whether it's the neighbor girl or the woman at the grocery store, if we ever get to go back to grocery stores, but, or like I have a half a million social media fans. I have a responsibility, a responsibility to show up for those people and the people who call me mom and my husband who calls me wife. And so whenever I have something big, hard and scary right in front of me, and I'm like, I just can't, like it feels too big. Then I'm like, okay, but is God calling me to it? Does my family need this from me? Or does my community need this from me? And a lot of times that will spur me into action when I take the focus off of myself and realize that I have to live for things outside of just me. Mm -hmm. This was a big point that I really never thought about before reading the book. I mean, I always think of my audience as the people who are listening to me for business, you know, for some type of business purpose, but not really the fact that the other people that you interact with, and I'll tell you, like my friends, some of the other people in the clubs that I'm part of are watching what I'm doing. They're never going to start their own businesses, but I'm modeling things for them that maybe they'll start other things. Maybe that, like I have a friend who just started Second City because she thought it would be fun to act when she has the courage for that. So it's not all about business always. It's about building a richer life and not at the end saying, man, I wish I would have done something like this. A hundred percent. Yes. And I talk about that. Like if people are watching you and if they can watch you slay your own dragons, it gives them like this permission and this little bit of courage to try to go slay their own. And that could be like exactly what you said, building a business. It could be adopting a child, starting their family that way. It could be switching jobs, like whatever it is for them. But when people see you do big, hard and scary things and they see you do it afraid it makes so much more courageous to do that in their own life absolutely and i think it's also not always that they see us do it and we're successful because that could even make them more scared. Right, yeah. But they see that maybe we stumble a little bit and we keep going and maybe it's a different version of what we initially intended but we did it by gosh 100% agree with that well, I know your time is limited. You probably have like a million interviews you're doing for this book. <laughs> I do have a lot, but it's great. I love being here. I really do. Well, and I'm glad you are because I'm glad the message is getting out. Please share with everybody, like in a sentence or two, your synopsis of what the people are going to get from your book. Yeah. So many people have described it exactly like I hope. It's like getting a big hug from a friend who says, you can do it, girl, but you're also getting a swift kick in the pants and like being told not get out there and go. And so if you're somebody who is stuck, overwhelmed, or have been really just trapped with fear, it's a book that's going to, I think, give you the courage to get after the thing in life that you're really wanting. Beautiful. And we can find it on Amazon. I know it's hardback. Is it other versions as well? It's on Audible, and I read it myself. So it's on Audible. It's on Kindle. 
You can find it at walmart.com, target.com. We're praying that we're going to get it into, you know, the actual physical stores. But it is on Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate it. Gift Biz listeners, I highly recommend this book. I know it will do so much and open your eyes in so many different ways for a lot of you who I've been interacting with. So get Jennifer's book, make, do a review on Amazon for her. That always helps. We'd like to help you get into Barnes and Noble or wherever you're wanting to go. Maybe it's the airport bookstores. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure we're going to see it there, Jennifer. (laughs) From your lips to God's ears, Sue. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing some of your book. Thanks, Sue. Take Take care. What better time than now to head over to Amazon and grab Jennifer's book? I know it will serve you well. And if you take her guidance to heart, you'll emerge from our quarantine with a new approach. It's exciting to think of what that's going to be. Next week, we're tackling the topic of organizing. I've watched all of you arrange your workrooms, redo your websites, and organize your closets and kitchens. Now we'll take it to another level. See what I mean when you listen in next week. Oh, and one more thing. Would you do me a favor and leave a review for the show? I've made it super easy for you to do so. Just head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash giftbizunwrapped and there you'll see a direct link. Not sure what to write? I'd love to know something you've learned from the show or a favorite episode that really resonated with you. I know when I leave a review, that's where I get stuck. What do I say? (laughs) So there you go. I've given you some ideas. Once again, know how much I appreciate you being here, and I can't wait to be together again next week. For now, stay safe and be well. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. Got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 